Too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Hey, welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzer. Great to be with you as always. Always one of the joys of my week is sitting down and doing this podcast. And today... Today, man, this thing, I don't know if you listened to last week's podcast episode. I hope you did. But um, this idea of connection is just so, it's just, it's just rattling around in my head so much. And as I like trace back and look throughout my life, this idea of focusing on connecting with God, connecting with ourselves and connecting with one another has just been this theme that I've seen throughout my life, throughout my career. And so as I've been considering and as I've been thinking about it, I really, really, as I mentioned last week, I just really want to lean into this idea of connection so much so that there's going to be some, I'm I'm just going to kind of restructure everything and it's going to be coming in the next week or two, going to restructure a little bit about this podcast, going to restructure the work that I'm going to be doing, um, uh, going to restructure the website all because I just really believe that we are living in a world that's struggling with connection. And I think there are some good practical tools out there that can help us again, to connect with God and to connect with ourselves and to connect with one another. I don't even put like any of those above uh, another one. I just really believe this. I I don't think living life, life disconnected with from divinity makes any sense. I'm not saying that, you know, I've, I've met many a people who are phenomenal atheists who have great perspective. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so it's, I'm not against people who don't believe in God or don't believe in the divine. It just, my mind just makes a lot more sense when I consider God and when I consider the divine, thus this podcast, thus my entire career as a chaplain, pastor, podcaster, speaker, etc. And then that piece of connecting to ourselves is, you know, this is some work that I feel like I've done in the last just handful of years of just really being comfortable and being at peace with like who I am. And if we connect with God and then we can connect with ourselves in meaningful ways, then we get this opportunity, like the overflow of that into this world is where things get really, really exciting. Like you've met those people, right? Or you've run into them where it's obvious that their connection to God and their understanding of their gifts and who they are lead them to do some incredible work in the world. And when you see it, you're so inspired by it. And then you want to ask the questions for yourself, right? So I want to do some of that work for sure moving forward. And then this piece of connecting to one another. Uh, this is this is the thing that I've I kind of learned the hard way. You know, I think when I had some hardship in my life and my career in the last boy, over the last decade at this point, we'll call it. I had this this hope maybe <laughs> this this desire to just just be by myself and say you know forget other people because for other people just make things hard and there's definitely still days where I feel that way but through that process 
actually what I've discovered through the process of trying to live more to myself and live more on my own (laughs) through that process, I've discovered the vital and I mean vital importance of, of connecting to one another. And that can look different with everybody. Um, but those three pieces, we are going to lean into those hard moving forward. And like I said, depending on how quick I can get things transitioned over to some of the thoughts that are in my mind, this should be coming within the next couple of weeks. And, And I'll just cue you in on the details when we get there. I don't want to put anything out there right now when it's not yet in existence. I got to make sure I can do it before I put it out there. Now, speaking of, so I'm going to travel down a few, few, few roads here this morning and all of them, again, surrounding this connection idea, but also just some things, you know, as we go through life, we run into things. And when I run into things that matter to me, or when I run into things that get my mind going, then I, I share them with people. I share them with my family. I share them with my wife. I share them with people I'm around. And then I share them with, uh, you know, if, if it works out, I share them on this podcast as well. And, you know, I I mentioned real briefly there when we we're talking about the connection piece that it can look different for all of us, right? And when we think about connection um, with our, ourselves, other people, and God, when we think about that whole thing, the place that I think religion over time has gotten this wrong is, and this won't come to any, <laughs> this won't be like some shocking surprise to you, right? But the place that religion seems to have got this wrong, and I'm not speaking of religion or as good or bad, it just is, right? There's some things about it that you could argue are good. There's some things about it you could argue are bad. So we're just kind of talking about it as it is. It's a, it's a thing. It's a, it is what it is. And so when we talk about this idea of religion, the, the biggest challenge over years and years and years of humanity and religious, what do you call it? Just, just this desire to connect with the divine. The, the biggest problem is that there's this sense that, <laughs> and maybe it's just optimism. There's this belief that maybe there's a one way fits all, right? So if you believe in the right way or you do the right things and you see God through the right lens or through the same lens as everybody else, then all is going to be good. If you um, connect with one another in the same way, then all is going to be good. And the, the reason that's a prevalent thought is because like there's a piece of all of us that loves that, right? If only there was a one size fits all, sometimes it would feel like the world would be easier because if there was one way to parent our kids that worked and all the other ways don't work, boy, wouldn't that have been nice to not have to try to figure it out based on the uniqueness of our kids, right? And those of you who have kids or those of you who have more than one kid know that you might have even figured stuff out with kid number one and then all of a sudden kid number two comes in the game and just messes all that up and you have to rethink the whole deal, which is was our story. Like we started with this beautiful child that was stubborn and a go-getter and world conqueror from the time that they came into this world. And then we're like, okay, we're starting to figure out this. We're starting to figure this one out. And then all of a sudden, you know, the next child is this beautiful soul who loves bugs still to this day is 17 years old and still loves bugs, butterflies, um, in our house, you know, this kid's a junior in high school. (laughs) There could be a wasp in our house, and if they are in the room, I'm not allowed to kill the wasp. I actually have to capture the wasp and release it outside. So we got two different kids, right? And so parenting 
has looked wildly different for both of those kids. So let's take that. And you could, you could look at this in so many different ways, right? You could look at it in relation to our health. You know, if, you know, somebody could say, Hey, this is the way to be healthy and it might work for you. And all of a sudden you end up getting a six pack and feeling great about life. But I do the exact same thing and I get injured because we have different bodies and we have different needs for what helps us to be healthy. Sure. There's some generalities. You could take parenting, you could take health. There's some things that certainly are, are universal, right? There's some things that are universal. And then beyond those, for example, like we all know it's bad to eat a ton of sugar. <laughs> we all know that it's important to have some sort of activity in our life. Like there's definitely some things that with parenting, like love's got to be the answer, right? We've got to give time is huge, right? So I'm not saying that there's not some sort of consistency across these things. I'm just saying that consistency has to come with a lot of flow. And when we're talking about connection and we're talking about spirituality, religion has got it wrong with the concept of the one size fits all mentality and a better approach to it is to be more in tune to each, uh, each other's individual desires, needs, personalities, all of those kinds of things. And so if we take this piece of connecting to each other, what that's going to look like for me is going to look wildly different than what it's going to look like for somebody like my wife, who I'm, I'm more of an introvert. Susie's more of an extrovert. Uh, you know, we still, it's still important. So there's still this underlying truth. I would say that connection to each other is vital for a healthy life and for a healthy spirituality, but the way that we do it might vary quite a bit. The way that we connect God um, is going to vary because for some people, meditation works. Good gracious. I wish meditation could work for me. I've tried so many different versions of it and I really, it's just, my brain just moves in a way that I can't get a hold of it in that way. So meditation, I, I just feel like a failure every time I try it <laughs> for some people, like going to church is really meaningful and helpful for other people. Going to church is just boring and horrible. Right. And so there's this piece that connection to God, let's call that like the truth. Right. And I use that word very, very loosely because it's just my truth. It doesn't have to be everybody's truth. But, but if the goal, like if connecting to God is the common ground, let's call it that, that feels better than the truth. If connecting to God is the common ground, we can be really unique and beautiful in the way that we do that in different ways. And here's the thing, we can celebrate whatever that looks like for each one of us. And this connecting to ourselves piece, the same thing, like we, it's, it's, it's vital. It's so important. It's, it's so important to ourselves and to this world. But again, the way we do that based on who we are is so vitally, um, it is so wildly, it can be so wildly different and also very, very healthy. And so part, I think of what the work that we have to do moving forward from a spiritual sense is we have to fight against this black and white idea, right? And this isn't just in religion. This is culturally as well. And I don't need to belabor this point because we all know it's true that, you know, in, in the political arena in America, right? You're either a Republican or you're a Democrat. There's not much gray space It's black or white. But the thing is the the narrative that we hear during an election season or when we turn on the news, the narrative is the, the far one side or the far other side when the truth is most, and I mean the vast, the wild, vast majority of people live somewhere in the middle. 
you know, some of us lean a little this way, some of us lean a little that way, but there's very few people in this world that live as far to one extreme or the other as you would maybe think based on what you see on news coverage and media coverage. And that's not to bash the media. They're just doing what pays the bills, right? Um, so same thing with, you know, religion with, with, you know, when I first got involved when in kind of evangelical Christianity, it was like, Hey, we got it right. So everything else is wrong. You either believe in Jesus this way, or you don't believe in him the right way. That's a real black and white way of thinking. And it's a type of thinking that throughout history has actually, I mean, (laughs) not only has it caused some small level problems, it's actually caused the majority of the wars that has happened, have happened throughout the history of our world. This belief that there's a right way to believe again, why not take the the scope of, yeah, connecting to the divine is really important, but the way that we do that based on our personalities, based on the part of the world that we grew up in, based on the type of people we're around, like why can't we just be more open to some gray space and say, okay, that totally makes sense for you. Here's what makes sense for me. Isn't it cool that we have this commonality that we all want to connect with God? I can learn something from you. You can probably learn something from me, but as soon as I try to put my truth on you or that my way is the right way and your way is the wrong way, then we've got a problem. And and I think we're starting to see this as, as things unfold into the future here. The future of faith is what I guess I'll call it. As we as we move forward, you know, in, in uh, next month in May, I get this great opportunity to go out and be a part of the Solarize Conference out in LA and, uh, and get to be a part of people across all different faith backgrounds, across all different parts of the world, across all different interests. And we're coming together to talk about how our faith can make a practical difference in this world by addressing some of the main issues that we have in our world. Things like climate, things like, um, you know, issues with young people, um, equity, you know, there's, I think there's five or six main things that we're going to be talking about, but it's, it's really exciting because we're starting to break down that wall of saying that my way is the right way. And we're starting to see, uh, the value moving forward. And these are things that I never saw happening before, but we're starting to see the value of of listening to other voices, even if they're voices that fall outside of a tradition that makes sense to us. And so I think moving forward, we're going to see more and more of this in in the space of, of faith and faith exploration. And I'm hopeful that this is a really good thing. But what it does also, it, it helps us. One of the things we have to define in order to do that in a healthy way is what our intention is. And the reason I bring that up is because it makes sense the way that Christianity, the way that the evangelical church, the way that Christianity in a lot of different forms and the, the way that Islam in a lot of different forms is that's the other one that, that kind of rings a bell in my mind too. It makes sense to me that over history, they've gone about the way they profess their faith because there's this this underlying belief and this is this is a belief that i had for a number of years there's this underlying belief that we've found the correct way and the goal is helping as many people as possible to find that correct way if that's the goal if the goal is to help as many people as possible to find the correct path to heaven or the correct path to god that's valiant right like if if you really believe that it would seem cruel 
<laughs> not to try to get that message to as many people as possible. So because that was the why, because that was the intention, it makes so much sense why megachurches became a thing. It makes so much sense that the Christian music industry became what it's become. Even the worship industry has become what it's come. It makes sense that the whole goal was bigger and better. It makes sense that celebrity pastors became a thing. All of that makes sense because of the goal is simply get as many people on board as possible. That's, that's the way to do it without a doubt. The problem is this. The problem is Jesus did not seem to have the same goal. So Jesus spent 30 years of his life, 30, 33 years of his life, just kind of living normally. And if he had this understanding, if Jesus had this understanding that the goal was as many people believing the right way as possible, I don't think it would have taken him as long as it did to like start his formal ministry. I think, and maybe there's just stuff we don't know that hasn't been documented. So maybe he did, but you'd have, you'd think that he'd have been rocking it a lot sooner, right? The other thing that I think we'd have noticed in Jesus' life, if that was the goal, was he would do a lot more things with the intention of gathering a lot more people. But if you look, and I'm not saying that there weren't a lot of people gathered around Jesus. There most certainly, you know, all the time there was people coming toward him. But it wasn't because his intention seemed to be big, right? His intention actually seemed to be small. And just because what was happening around the, the things that were happening in the small, people were gathering. What I mean by that, he starts by just gathering a small group of people. And then that small group of people, and it's more than just the 12 disciples because there were women around as well that just don't get documented. But again, it's a small group of people. Within that small group of people, there's an even smaller group of people who get more attention. And there's a few of the disciples, Mary Magdalene. There's just a smaller group within his little core group, if you will. And so he spent the vast majority, if you read through the gospels with that idea of like, okay, how was he intentional with this small group of people around him? You will see that everything seems focused on them. Now there's times, I mean, the sermon on the Mount is a great example of this because it's hilarious. That's called the sermon on the Mount when I don't think that was intention is to, to create a sermon. But in the very beginning of that, it says that he called his disciples or he drew his disciples toward him. And then when he did that, he started speaking to them. And then there was just a crowd of people around. So I think his intention was small. It was his disciples, his close followers. I think the rest of the people just gathered because it was Jesus. I think, uh, you know, he had this intention to meet the needs of people that were in front of him. So as he would meet the needs of somebody who was sick or had an infirmity or had leprosy or whatever, when he did that, you know, spectacular things would happen and that would gather more and more people. So I think Jesus' intention was small that led to a lot of large crowds, but I don't think it was his goal. I don't believe it was his intention. I believe his intention was relational. I think his intention was helping a small group of people connect to the divine, connect to themselves and to connect to one another. I really believe that. And I believe that he had this, this, this thought that if he could help this small group of people do that, then they would all help the, the circles around them do that as well. I also think it was very intentional that all of the people involved with that small group of people 
were very, very unique and very, very different. These were not the same type of people. He seemed to very intentionally go about picking people who were unique and different. So when somebody like myself looks back at the story, we could look at that and say, oh, it's obvious that there's not one kind of person that's better than another kind of person. It's obvious that there's not, you know, it, it just seemed to me, it seems so clear. And, um, and so as we move forward in this, this forward future of faith, I think it all comes down to what our intentions are. If your intention is to help as many people as possible believe that you're right or your way of thinking is right, then by all means, you know, do whatever you can to get as big of a platform as you can in order to reach as many people as possible. My only uh, caveat with that is be very, very careful in what you say and what you stand for, because if it's not an undertone of love, it has so much potential for destruction. You will also want to be careful that anytime that leaders get elevated to rock star status or celebrity status, they fall so quickly because that's not, I don't believe a space that any of us were meant to keep. And so I don't think it's, it's never surprising to me when, you know, famous religious leaders have big moral failures because I think they are put into positions that they're not meant to be at. So they're living outside of something that they're meant to live in. And and it, it, I'm not going to get into that today. All I say, I'm never surprised when it happens. And the fact that it keeps happening keeps not surprising me. <laughs> so if that's your intention, that's obviously what you have to do, right? But I have this growing suspicion that most of us, especially most of us that are listening to this podcast, that's actually not our intention. I think probably most of us are starting to think differently about our faith in a way that says, hey, maybe my way is not the right way. Maybe my way is just the way that makes sense to me. And maybe there's ways that make sense to other people that are valuable, that are meaningful to this world, and that are even helpful to me. And if that is the goal, so if our goal is understanding, if our goal is connection to other people, uh, especially other people maybe that think differently than us, then this idea of the mega church mentality, this bigger, this better mentality, uh, it, it's going to struggle. It's going to go by the wayside because it's going to be more Jesus-like. It's going to be more relational. It's going to be more connective. It's going to be more, um, you know, uh, smaller groups, if you will. It's going to be more one-on-one. Now, don't hear me saying for a second that I don't think there's a space for large platforms I, as a as a musician as a public speaker like large platforms are places i actually love and i think there's space where it makes a ton of sense right so i mean like this podcast is a great example. I actually hope as many people as possible listen to this podcast so that we can start having meaningful conversations around these things. I'm not trying to get anybody to believe the way that I believe. I'm not trying to get anybody to adhere to something, some certain sort of theology or tenets of faith. I'm actually trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to help people connect with themselves, connect with God in a way that makes sense to them and connect with one another in a, mix, in a way that makes sense to them, not that makes sense to, to, to me. I'm just putting my story out there to, to help people hopefully live out their own story. So there's ways where this is helpful, right? I never want anybody to view me as anything other than just a normal human being who podcasts from his basement and tries to live out his passions. But if you'd meet me on the street or if you've met me before, you'd know I'm as, as normal as a human being <laughs> as there could be. So there's space for, for large group stuff, you know? And so this is not me saying that this is a black and white issue that we have to just think 
small and not think big. Not at all. There's And we can rally, right? One of the most beautiful things about getting a large group of people. I was just reading this book by a guy. His name is Carlos Whitaker. And um, he's doing this great work. He's got a big... Instagram, like a great big social media following. And he's using that following to raise money to meet the needs of people. I mean, that's such a Jesus-y kind of thing to do, right? Find people who have needs, gather his connections and help meet those needs. That's so beautiful. And the only reason he can do it is because he has a big platform. If he just uses three closest friends to try to do that, they'd maybe raise a thousand dollars. If he uses all of his Instagram family to do that, suddenly he's raising, I think the last initiative that he put out there, which is providing counseling for the families of student who, uh, of families who had kids in Nashville at the school where the shooting took place. Like he's providing four sessions of counseling for everybody. Um, every parent at that school and, uh, and not couples counseling, like each individual parent. And I think as of last week, I think he raised upwards of $300,000. That's something he couldn't do without his platform. So I'm not saying that this is an either, or I'm just saying the intention of how we do it is what truly matters. And each of us, some of us will, will take over large platforms and do work like that to accomplish what we feel like we're put here on earth to do. All of us will do the small work. All of us will do the small work of connecting with one another and connecting with God in our own lives and connecting with ourselves. And so um, I think the, the important thing is that we start by building small. If that leads to something where we have a large platform, so be it. Uh, and like I said, some people will have a large platform and hopefully those people will use it for good things. All of us have a small platform and need to to use that for healthy spirituality and a healthy life in general. The last thing that I want to say today, again, as we move this spirituality forward, and this is something I want to pretty intentionally fight against. And uh, (laughs) it will be what I'm just I'm just going to be honest and, and say it out loud. But because of the type of thinking I have and because of kind of the track of my career over the last seven, eight years, I've really been lumped into this space that a lot of people want to call the the deconstruction space. Here's number one. Deconstruction is a very healthy thing. I think rethinking your faith on a regular basis is a beautiful thing. I think it's a necessary thing and I think it's a healthy thing. So deconstruction for the sake of deconstruction is a beautiful thing, as is reconstruction, as is building on wherever we're at toward whatever the future looks like for our faith. How this became some sort of movement, I'm not quite so sure, but here's what I think. And and I'm saying this all because I don't really want to be associated with the movement. I want to create healthy spaces where people can deconstruct their faith, but I don't want to be labeled as this deconstruction person, I don't want my work to be labeled as work that helps, that only helps people deconstruct. Sure, that's going to be a piece of it, again, because that's just healthy spirituality. But the fact that this has become some sort of movement is, I don't know, it problematic. Can I just say that? It's problematic. And here's, here's why I think it's gained the traction. Number one, it's because uh, we weren't really allowed to do this kind of work in religious settings for you know, pride for most of our lives, right? That's why it was important to me. And so deconstructing our faith is is really important. And I think a lot of people have realized that and have felt permission to be able to do it because of people like, I mean, I'm just one of the, <laughs> one of the many who have helped give people permission to rethink their faith, right? 
And once you start to rethink your faith, it can become a very freeing experience, but can also become this experience where you start looking at what was and being very, very negative against it. I would totally agree that we need to look at the spaces that we've been and identify the challenges that were within those spaces, as I also think it's very healthy to look back at the spaces that we're in and identify the, the pieces of them that were very beautiful and lovely. And so now when I look at my time in the evangelical church, I look at the problems. I look at how it caused me to become a person that I truly wasn't. I, I look at it and, and, and can find all sorts of problems with it. But I also look back at it and say, hey, that also helped me to start to vocalize my understanding of God. It also helped me try to understand the importance of small groups of people and connection and relationship. There's like so so many of my friends uh, still to this day come out of that space. And so I look back at it and I, I see so much hard and so much good. Unfortunately, as this kind of deconstruction movement has really, really gotten its wheels going, I think, I think now is the time where we can step back and start looking at it in perspective. There's this, um, in, you know, I built two houses. Um, we're going to build one more house. Uh, we're looking for some river property that we're going to build one small house on after all of our kids are out of the house, which is coming really soon. We're probably going to start that process this year. I can just tell you, and and whether you've built a house, whether you've built an organization, whether you've built a business, you know, man, it is long, hard, slow work. Building this podcast, long, hard, slow work. Building a speaking career, long, hard, slow work. Building a house, long, hard, slow work. Building a relationship, building a marriage, building a family, long, hard, slow work. Work can get destructed so quickly. You know, a tornado could come through Eau Claire, Wisconsin tomorrow, and what took me almost a year to build could be sitting in shambles in a matter of minutes. Um, I built a ministry once, and we, we spent seven, eight years building it, and it fell apart because of a lot of toxic things that were going on in, in the heart of it. Um, it fell apart in a matter of months, a matter of months. And so it went from the place of like build, 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 build success. And then within, then, you know, then we had some problems in the leaders in the leadership space. And after eight years of building, we locked the doors for the last time within a matter of months, you know, so building is slow. Destruction happens fast. And there's also this twisted evil part of all of us, <laughs> And it's not all evil, but there's this, this weird part about all of us that there's something, hmm, there's something we enjoy about watching something being destroyed. And I think for the most part, that's a negative thing. You know, if you ever just uh, watched a video uh, or maybe you've seen it in person of like a building that's, you know, they're tearing down a building to build something new and you watch it when it gets blown up and it falls to the ground in a matter of seconds, right? Um, and then there's this, but, but so, so that's fun. That is what it is. Right. But there's this twisted thing where we also like to watch people fall. And, um, it seems like as a society, we take far too much satisfaction in watching things that people built over years and years and years crumble really quickly. And I think maybe that's a bit of the reason why the deconstruction movement has, has become what it has, because it feels good to tear other people down. It feels good to tear other people's work 
down. It feels good to, you know, speak our minds, right? And I'm not saying we don't, right? I'm not saying we don't hold people accountable. I'm not saying we don't speak our minds. I'm simply saying that we can't live a life where it's all about the deconstruction, the falling apart. We have to live a life that has equal parts of both. So we have to, for sure, for certain, we have to deconstruct life, spirituality, and it should be just this regular breath that we have. At the same time, we need to be building. We need to be building upon relationships. We need to be building our faith, whatever that means to us. We have to be building our self-confidence. You know, we both of those things have to be happening simultaneously. And if one gets out of a out of balance with the other, we have a problem. And so if we spend all our time tearing down, we're probably going to be miserable. Have you met people like that that just spend a lot of their life tearing things down, <laughs> whether in their own life or other people's lives? And you're like, eh, I don't really like being around you. And, uh, and then you've also been around those people that all they do is build, 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 grow, 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 grow. And you're like, hey, like you seem to be lacking perspective because all you do is move forward really fast. That was my life for a long time. There's got to be this healthy balance. And so moving forward, this whole podcast, let's bring this home, right? The whole podcast episode, number one. We need to fight against this black and white mentality that there's a right way and a wrong way. And if we can fight against that, we can understand that we're all unique individuals coming from different spaces with different backgrounds, and we can learn so much from one another. So we should have our own ideas, our own things that work for us, but we also need to be open to what's working for other people. And that collaboration moving forward is going to be spectacular. Number two, we all should be working if we're healthy in our personal life and in our spirituality, we should be focused on building small, building small in the concept of our relationship with God, building small in our concept with our relationship with ourselves, building small in our concept with our relationship with others. Like just like Jesus did, we should have, we should be able to have our arms around this, right? We should be able to have our arms around the people that are the most important to us. We should have our arms around what works for us personally. And we should be on some weird level, have our arms around our connection with God, right? Now, for some of us, that's going to expand and it's going to create a platform and we're going to build large. But if we focus only on the building large, we're going to miss, I think, the entire point that Jesus was trying to make, that small relationships, focus on connection is where it's at. And then finally, we need to have this healthy balance of deconstruction and reconstruction. We have to have a healthy balance of, of tearing down, of destroying, <laughs> of letting go, and also with at the same time have this healthy balance of building of growing, of finding new spaces, of reconstructing all of those things. And if we can do those things, fight against black and white, build small, um, live life in balance, live spirituality in balance, I think then, then there's this beautiful framework that we can move forward within the context of our spirituality. Once again, more coming on all of this as we move forward. In the next couple of weeks, you're going to see some a lot of newness uh, around what's happening, and it's going to be some stuff that's going to stick because as I look back on my life, it's, you, know, you know when you ask that question why, it feels like, you know, big part of the reason I'm on this earth, the why for me is just connecting people to God 
connecting people to themselves, connecting people to one another. And so we're just going to open up that portal here, moving into the future and see what happens, but more coming soon. And if you want to stay connected to that, of course, uh, you know, just subscribe to this podcast so you see it. I'm not saying you have to listen to it every week. I'm just saying subscribe to it so that when something comes up and you're like, that looks interesting, then pop on and let's, let's have a discussion. Let's talk about this, right? Uh, you can also find me on social media. Um, I, I do not love social media. There's a lot of reasons I don't love it. So I use it in kind of strategic ways. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and you'll find it under my name, which is just Matt Kinzera. You can also find this podcast, Chasing Goodness, on Facebook. So just follow me there. Uh, and if you do, you'll kind of keep track of kind of how we're moving forward together. And then everything is really housed on my website, which is just mattkinzera.com. So just keep your eye on that as well. And, uh, and we'll do some great things moving forward. And as always, let's continue chasing goodness together.